Hello and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. And today I had a wonderful conversation with Beth Lipton. And Beth is a food and wellness writer and a recipe developer. And she is the author of a cookbook called Carnivore-ish. And uh, so we had a fantastic conversation, a lot about energy and how eating sufficient protein is really important for energy. And really, in order to do all of the things that you would like to do in life, you need energy, right? So we had a really good conversation around that and how women often, you know, we've kind of been taught to, oh, I'll just have a little bit of food and I won't eat a lot and I don't want to eat a lot of meat. And it's sort of almost like a, a masculine thing, right, to be eat a lot of meat. But as especially as we age, we don't want to lose muscle. We want to continue to uh, keep our muscle or even build muscle. And for that, we need protein and to eat protein-rich food. So we talk about that. And of course, everybody has to, you know, what works for them. But I think it's really important to have this conversation. So we talked about a bunch of other things around uh, living a healthy life. And it's a great conversation. You're really going to enjoy Beth. And uh, her book has a ton of recipes. So listen up and um, check out her book. Hello, Beth. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. I know, I know. We've already been chatting and, and we're definitely <laughs> on, the sa- on the same page about a lot of things. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's start. I know you wrote a book and it's something that you are very passionate about and you mm-hmm. are a writer, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A writer so, and recipe developer, yeah. Okay, so it's probably an awesome book um, <laughs> and I definitely am going to check it out. But uh, tell us why you wrote the book. You know, give us the name and, and mm-hmm. the background story. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book is called Carnivore-ish. And I co-authored it with my very good friend, Ashley Van Houten. And it's a cookbook, but it also has a ton of front matter and back matter with lots and lots of information. And the, the thrust of the book is that we should be centering animal protein on our plate. So it's carnivore-ish, not carnivore. So there's vegetables and treats and cocktails and all kinds of other things in the book as well. But the idea is that, you know, we've been told, especially as women, that we need to fill our plate with vegetables and treat meat as a condiment if we eat it at all. And this book, the idea is that actually the opposite is true, that we should start our plate with a big portion, generous portion of animal protein, and then fill in with vegetables and, and other things that you enjoy eating. Nice. Okay. And and do you have a, I mean, if you're willing, you know, is there a personal story behind all of that or, or yeah. how did you get to that? Yeah. I mean, I, it's a very long story as everyone's health journey is, and I won't bore you with it, but the gist of it is that I was always a healthy eater, what I considered to be a healthy eater. I always ate, well, when I was young, I didn't eat meat for a short time, but for the most part I always did, but, but I, I knew that I wasn't supposed to eat much of it. So I sidelined you know, animal protein. I ate lots of vegetables. I ate lots of beans and lots of grains. And I always had really bad stomach problems my whole life. I've been to many, many doctors and went through many tests and all kinds of things. No one really ever asked me what I ate. And then about eight years ago, I did just on a whim, I did an elimination diet for two weeks. And 
it eliminated all the sort of common irritants, you know, grains and legumes and sugar and caffeine. And that one hurt, um, you know, and a few <laughs> other things. And I couldn't believe the difference. I mean, I went into it not really expecting much because I already thought I was a healthy eater. And my stomach problems were completely cured within two days. And I'm already a very energetic person, probably annoyingly so, but I couldn't believe the level of energy that I had. I felt like if you just put me outside, I could just run all day. Mm. And so that was really eye-opening. So I kind of came back into my regular, you know, when I came out of the elimination diet, what I found was that for me personally, it was grains and beans that were Mm. causing me so much trouble. So, you know, what does that leave on your plate? It leaves meat. So over time, I started eating more and more animal protein and kind of putting that in the center of my plate. And at the same time, I had met Ashley and we'd become good friends and we had always been looking for a project to work on together. And one day we were having this conversation about food because we talk about food all the time. And I don't even remember which one of us said something about, you know, how we're carnivore-ish. And then that just turned into, God, we should we should write a book about this and spread the word. And mm-hmm. we've gotten, you know, really great feedback. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that more and more women will start to see this as a way to feel better, have more energy, you know, all the goals, all the things that we want. You can't have all the things that you want in life. You know, maybe you want to have a baby. Maybe you want to be, you know, more present. Maybe you want to get a promotion at your job or run a marathon or whatever you want to do. You need energy to do it. So I look at this style of eating and I think like, this is such a great, healthy path toward building energy. So I hope that the book brings that to more women and men too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to the meat of the conversation. No pun intended. (laughs) Uh, Actually, pun intended about the nutrition piece and all of that. But first, Mm -hmm. I want to just ask you a couple of questions. One Tell us a little bit about Ashley. And mm-hmm. then also I want to talk about what you were saying about energy and like the effects of how you feel, because you and I did discuss a little bit about weight loss and all of that. So I want to weave mm-hmm. that in. But first, let's hear about a little bit about Ashley. What's her background? So Ashley, Ashley is amazing. She is, uh, she's the muscle maven on social media. She, so your listeners may have heard of her before. Um, she has, so I come with the sort of hardcore culinary background, although she's a very good recipe developer. She would tell you, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but she's really good at it. But she also has a strong background in muscle building, especially for women. So she has a course called Muscle Science for Women with Rachel Gregory. She's really well steeped in the world of building strength, especially Mm -hmm. for women. Really, she's really knowledgeable. She's really smart. She's a great writer. She's just, she was a fantastic partner for the book and a really good friend. That's so cool. Now, is she a fitness professional, a nutritionist, or does she have both of those? Or Yeah, those? she definitely has, <laughs> she, yeah, she definitely has some educational background around both. Um, uh-huh. And she also wrote another book called um, It Takes Guts, which is all about how and why to incorporate more organ meat into your diet. Nice. Okay. All right. Good. I love that. So let's talk a little bit. You said about energy and how you felt this amazing boost in energy. And I love what you said about whatever you want to do in life, 
you need energy. Like, I don't think, like, I need to emphasize this because I don't think people fully understand. I know before I was a nutritionist, I didn't really connect the dots that like things are actually happening internally, like biochemical reactions and like stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I just thought, mm -hmm. well, I eat and then I don't eat and then I move around. And, you know, but so like literally everything comes down to energy in the body. Our, our, mm -hmm. our brain is constantly assessing energy levels and it will slow down certain things if we don't, if the energy is not, if it senses that the energy is not available. So you could have a hundred extra pounds of body fat that's not really being utilized, right? But the brain mm -hmm. is sensing, oh, this is an, there's an energy crisis here, right? There's blood sugar, mm -hmm. there's all kinds of stuff going on. And so, it's going to slow down, you know, your gastrointestinal function. It might slow down your muscle development. Like there's a bunch of consequences, your hormones, your immune function that are going to be compromised if it doesn't have enough energy or it senses not enough energy. So what you right. said, I really wanted to like highlight that. Like this is not just a bunch of fitness people saying you need more energy. This is serious. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, and you need energy for more than your workouts. I mean, it's great to have right. energy for workouts, but you need it just for your life. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want more energy, right? We all do, yeah. especially as women, right? Because we have so many demands, demands on us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like every day it's coming at yeah. us from a million different directions. And not that it isn't for men, but I think for women, like we just expect so much from ourselves. So having yeah. that bit of energy, you know, it feels good. It feels good to be able to show up the way you want to. And that's, yeah. that to me is really the goal. You know, we, we were talking about this before we started recording, like women are sent all these messages about weight loss, you know, yeah. how to burn fat and how to weight, lose weight and how to be more toned and all of this stuff. But like, ultimately mm -hmm. If we look at it through, if we look at our health and all of our habits through the lens of building energy, then the weight loss also comes. It just comes without suffering, right? right. We're not meant to f be hungry all the time. We're not meant to have cravings all the time. Um, we're not meant to have this sort of yo-yo up and down in the way we eat. Like it, we're just not meant to be that way. We're not yeah. meant to suffer. You don't get points for suffering. Right. I think that eating in a way that supports energy also will bring the weight loss. And, you know, people often think because I am energetic, I often get the like, how do you have so much energy? And I always say like, energy is not a thing that you either have or don't have. It's hmm. a thing that you build through your habits. So there's no reason why, you know, anybody listening to this, if you feel low on energy, there's a solution to that. And food is part of it. Getting enough sleep is part of it you know, managing stress is part of it because, Huge. you know, as you, Huge. as you were just saying about energy being redirected in the body, if you're under chronic stress, that causes a lot of functions in the body to take place when you're in that fight or flight mode. Yeah. Yeah. The energy moves away from your digestion. The energy moves away from your sex drive and away from your immunity because your body thinks that you're in physical danger. So it puts the energy elsewhere and it right. sidelines those things. If you're able to manage stress, you know, through, uh, through your habits, you know, deep breathing and exercise, uh, you know, taking walks outside and maybe you have a contemplative practice like meditation, any of these things that can help you calm down, that redirects the energy toward things like digestion and libido. And so energy, you know, it's important to have it and it's important to be able to direct it in the way you want it. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. I love that. I love you said eat in a way that supports energy. I feel like mm-hmm. that's really important. And yeah, doing all of those things and, and even just the fluctuations are energy expensive. Like that's the way I kind of describe it to clients is like, there are things that are energy expensive. Stress is energy expensive. Mm-hmm. So again, your brain is constantly assessing, you know, is this a priority? Making babies? Nah. And you could be 45 and not wanting to make babies anymore, but you still want libido, right? You could be 55 yeah. and not wanting babies, but you still want libido. So, you know, like yeah. <laughs> if your brain is like, nah, we don't need to worry about those, you know, testosterone and those sorts of hormones. Let's just leave those be because it, there's just, it's prioritizing the what's important, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, and stress is so big. Like I know I've been on this journey myself of getting out of being a hyper person. I, mm-hmm. I also have a lot of energy, but over my lifetime, I think when I was 16, 17, it was just cool. You know, I just like had lots of energy. But then as I, you know, got working and then having children and all of that stuff, it, it became that I was this, I realized that I was just always kind of up. And when I wanted to be down, like go on a vacation or even just relaxing on the weekends, I, it was really hard for me to do that. It was really hard for me to sit and meditate. And mm-hmm. I know there are people out there listening who are saying, oh yeah, it's hard for me to meditate because oh, you can't slow the mind down, you know? You are singing my song, you know? <laughs> and, I, and I started meditating seven years ago. And when I started, friends of mine were like, you're going to meditate, you. <laughs> like, have you met you? Like, there's no way. Like, I was the person least likely to. And, you know, meditation may be harder for some people. And sometimes it sounds scary. Like, yeah. people think, oh, I'm supposed to empty my mind. I'm supposed to clear my mind. And that's not what you're supposed to do with meditation. So if you're out there saying, like, I can't meditate, I can't clear my mind, or I tried it and I did it wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in it, you're not, you don't have to clear your mind. Your thoughts are involuntary. The way breathing is involuntary. So you have not failed. It's more a question of, you know, kind of redirecting your thoughts. Um, The the practice that I have involves a mantra that I repeat to myself in my head. Mm. You know, I sit down, I close my eyes, I repeat the mantra. Invariably, my mind starts to wander. And then I realize my mind is wandering. And then I gently and without judgment, bring my thoughts back to the mantra. And that is the practice. The practice is not clearing your mind of all thought. The practice is recognizing when you're having those thoughts and gently bringing yourself back. Yeah. So I studied with Emily Fletcher at Ziva Meditation. She is amazing and I'm so grateful to her. Um, And she has an online program as well. So nice. I'm not, I'm not affiliated. I'm just a huge fan, but she got me meditating. And like I said, it's been seven years, twice a day. And and you and you live in Brooklyn, so this is this is Brooklyn. even more yeah. so. Like for those, you know, I'm from New yeah. York, so I can say that I'm yeah. actually from Brooklyn. But okay. it is a thing, and um, it's exhausting. That's the thing: is being on all the time is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not anxious or worried, you're just kind of energetic, you know. So really, like in yoga, I don't practice yoga personally, but a lot of people do, and it's they always talk about how that that final you know, pose that you do at the end is Mm -hmm. just as important as all of the other stuff you've done up until then. So we really have to value, put a lot more value on rest and on slowing down. And and I meditate 
every day, like a lot. I mean, and mm-hmm. I, if I, and, it, and this is coming from, again, someone who just like you, I just really struggled with it. And there are many, many different ways to do it, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just like fitness, just like nutrition, you don't Absolutely. have to find that one way. But, and the other thing I want to mention too, is I think what's very interesting for me my business, basically what we do is we help women to eat better. And we, you know, we focus on all these different stress management and sleep and fitness and everything. But, you know, whether the goal is to lose weight or to balance the hormones or to just like, like you're saying, just be stronger and more energetic throughout your life, there is a certain amount of discipline that's required. And our Mm -hmm. whole thing is how do we reduce the need for discipline? Like, set up your environment for success. Don't Mm -hmm. have the cookies sitting on the counter. I mean, we're human, but we're also animalistic many times. And we're going to go for the cookies if they're sitting there on the counter. But if they're not there, Mm -hmm. less discipline required. I've noticed for myself, yeah, and, and that's a huge part of, you know, how we help people. But what I've noticed for myself is that with the practice of what you're talking about, right, like gently guiding your thoughts back, and that's discipline. That requires Mm -hmm. discipline. And I think what happens is you become more mindful, but you also become more disciplined in the rest of your life. Have you noticed that with meditation? A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Because I think the reason it's a great point. And I think the reason why, and I'm no expert, but just from my own experience, I think the reason why you become more disciplined over time with meditation and other practices like deep breathing is because you just become more aware of the mm-hmm. negotiations that you have in your head with yourself. Like mm-hmm. how many times have you had that negotiation in your head? Like, I want to go to the gym, but I'm really tired. What if I slept 10 more minutes? What if I, and, you, and it becomes this conversation. And not only right. does that conversation eat up your time, <laughs> it's also, <laughs> right? It's yeah. also incredibly stressful because now you're arguing with yourself. So now you're getting like, tense because you're having this argument with yourself. And ultimately, probably a lot of the time you lose the argument. I mean, you lose the argument either way when you're arguing with yourself, but you lose (laughs) the argument because you talk yourself out of doing the thing that you really want to do. You say, oh, forget it. Now it's too late. I I won't have enough time in the gym. I'll go another day. And then so now you've like worked yourself up and you feel crappy and you didn't do the thing. So I think one of the things that meditation does is it, it helps you be more aware of the argument in your head so that you stop having it. And that makes it easy, easier to be more disciplined because it's basically just not a negotiation. Like right. whatever the thing is that you want to do, you just do it. Like you don't yeah. even let yourself have the argument. Right, right. So I do think, I definitely think it is, I have noticed in myself that I'm much more disciplined person. And mm. I definitely think it's a result of meditation. I mean, the other thing is that it keeps you from it keeps you from worrying about the future so much, right? Which I, I'm not, I'm no Zen master. Like I still have worries. I still have stress. I still think about the future. Of course I do. Yeah. Um, I'm a mother of a teenage daughter, so you can imagine, <laughs> but, um, but my mother was sick. My mother had cancer. It, it killed her in 2019, but you know, it was a long battle. And if you've ever dealt with anybody who has cancer, it goes, it's like every three months, you know, they start a treatment and then you check back in three months. Mm-hmm. And the old me pre-meditation would have been constantly worrying about yeah. three, the three month, the, the three month mark. 
What's going to happen in three months? What's, you know, what's going to be the result? What's going to be the test result? How's she going to feel? All of that. And I just found that I didn't do that. Like I just wasn't thinking about the three months. I was thinking about today. What does my mom need today? How does she feel today? You know, what can I do for her today? And because I was doing that, she was doing that. So it brought, it just brought the temperature down for everybody. So there was just less stress overall. Not that it wasn't stressful. It was not that I didn't occasionally think about the three months I did. So it doesn't change your life. It doesn't change who you are as a person. It just takes the edge off. It takes Mm -hmm. that like level of stress down a notch. You know, I'll never be a person who has a lot of chill. (laughs) I'm just not built that way. But it is easier, first of all, to notice when I'm spinning and to stop, like I said, stop the argument in your head, but also just to be aware when you're doing it so you can go, oh, okay, I'm doing that thing. Maybe I can take some deep breaths or take a walk outside or do something to calm myself down. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I'm sorry about your mom. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, And but I, I appreciate that story because I think we're both kind of making the argument. I don't know if it's an argument, but the, the case, <laughs> we're making the case mm-hmm. that, you know, even if you are someone who does have anxiety or, you know, hyper or whatever, that there are, there, there's always room for improvement, but very important to, to remember that none of us are perfect. We are human beings and we are mm-hmm. going to have stress. We are going to encounter, you know, anxious thoughts and worry about things. The question is, how do we approach that? Do we, appro- do we get stuck in that downward spiral of depression and, you know, angst? Or do we, do we allow ourselves to have those feelings and those thoughts and then mm-hmm. say, okay, well, but I'm the master. I, I like to say I'm the master of my own universe, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like in a good way. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the, ma- like I'm allowed to have those feelings. Life is going to bring shit to me and that's going to happen. And, and that's okay. Yeah what's the lesson for me in here? You know, I always, always try to ask myself, like, what, what am I needing to learn right now? And Mm -hmm. then, you know, what, as, as the master of my own internal world, what are the tools that I have to, to shift, to just make a shift? You know, I might not be perfect, but just make a positive shift. And then maybe the next day I wake up and I feel a little bit better. You know, so yeah. it's, I think yeah. our, our, the out there in the world of, of like the Instagram models, whether it's weight loss or nutrition or meditation or stress management, you know, all of this stuff, it's so easy for us to get into that mode of like, like you were saying, oh, I'm not meditating properly. I'm not eating properly. I'm not doing it right. right. And, and weight loss, you know, oh, I have to suffer. Like I have to go on some extreme diet in order. And it's always like these big black and white scenarios or, and if you're not doing it, you're a failure. And it's like, that's not how life works. Like mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> yeah, it's no, like you're, a TV you're right. show, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad you said that. I'm so, so glad you said that about us not being perfect ever because I think that is, especially as women, that's like the thing we strive for, right? Is to be perfect. And it's a thing we expect of ourselves. We don't expect it of anyone else, but we do expect (laughs) it of ourselves. So true. What the hell is that? Like, for one thing, perfection is not a goal, you know? I mean, as a goal, perfection kind of sucks because you'll, first of all, you'll never get there. But then if you do, then what? I mean, then what would you do? You know, if you were perfect at everything, how boring would your life be? So you know? true. So I think I think progress, you know, 
always trying to just do the best you can, recognizing that there are going to be some days that are better than others, you know, giving yourself a little grace and a little kindness the way you would to someone else. You know, if a friend or a neighbor or a relative came to you and said, you know what, I'm just having like kind of a bad day and I didn't do this thing that I wanted to do or, you know, I ate a cookie and I was really, you know, not going to do that or whatever. What would you say? You know, you wouldn't be like, wow, you suck. You are the worst. You'll never (laughs) succeed. You wouldn't dream of saying that to somebody else. You would say, you know what? Today wasn't the greatest day. Tomorrow's another day. You know, be a little kind to yourself. Happens to all of us. That's what you would say to someone else. So learning how to do that for yourself. And I say this as though I've mastered it. I haven't by any stretch. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that we have to work on. Right. You know, and you mentioned Instagram. One thing I've been doing that um, I was, re- I don't remember where I read it, but I read somebody talking about unfollowing, the power of unfollowing. <laughs> and mm. I find myself doing that. Sometimes I will see, you know, an account over and over again that does not make me feel good for some yeah. reason. Every time I see them, I, I don't feel good about myself. And I've learned to just unfollow that account. You can always follow them again later. Yeah. But for now, while this person, you know, perfectly innocently is not making you feel good, unfollow. You yeah. know, you don't need that. You need things that are going to lift you up and remind you what a badass you are. Because each one of us getting up and getting through our day and getting through our to-do list, like that is badass. So, yeah. you know, you have to give yourself that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. I'm going to go do that today. <laughs> There's a couple powerful. that come to mind. It does. Yeah, it, does, it feels you know? powerful. Just saying, you know what? I don't have to say this. You know, yeah. I wish yeah. you well. Bye-bye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that extends also to many areas of our lives in terms of rela- personal relationships and, you know, all that stuff. But I want to just, because I know we're kind of getting around to the time, I wanted to recircle back to the plate, the image of the mm-hmm. plate. So one thing that I'm sure Ashley would talk about, and you know, you probably learned from her, or maybe you already knew this beforehand, but the idea that as you know, men and women, when we hit our basically 30s and then the 40s mm-hmm. and 50s, our muscles begin to, we lose actual muscle mass. And then when we hit our 60s, that the pace accelerates. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was talking about it with my husband yesterday about how like, when you go to the doctor, if you're 75 years old, and you're at the doctor, they might ask you to stand on one leg, and just lift one leg off the ground. And and that's a big indicator of like, literally how long you're going to live, right? Mm -hmm. If you can't stand on one leg for a certain period of time, or they do the where you sit down and you stand up a certain number of times in 30 seconds, and and these or the grip strength, so what they're looking at is your muscle capability, right? It's probably mm-hmm. based on your mass and your strength, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I know this is a circuitous thing, but I'm going to bring it back to the protein because, yes, we all know that we should be engaging in physical activity to try to maintain that muscle mass so that we can live a longer, healthier life, mm-hmm. right? Very important. Yeah. But if if you're working out and definitely like the New York City thing is like people or the California thing is, you know, people are working out all the time, but they're not necessarily eating enough protein because mm-hmm. they're afraid to, right? They think it's bad to eat mm-hmm. meat. So anyway, protein is important for for slowing down or, or you know, maybe 
keeping pace with that that um, muscle loss. Like we have to consume and uh, digest and absorb proteins in order to maintain that muscle mass. Right, right. And everybody's different. So some people do need to eat more protein than others. So what your plate looks like should be what you want it to look like, but we have to take into account all of the information that we have available to us, right? So some people, like I literally eat beans and chickpeas all the time and they're great in my body. Mm -hmm. But maybe things have changed for you, but definitely there is a period of time where they were not good for you. And so you don't eat them, right? So, and they're still not, right? So my message to the listeners is pay attention to your body, Mm -hmm. but, you know, try things out because you may have thought that meat was bad for you when like what happened with you, Beth, was that it turned out that it was like amazingly for you, did amazing improvement. But we have to keep in mind that even if you eat a vegetarian diet, that you would want to make sure you're getting enough protein. It's a lot easier when you're eating fish and meat, for sure, and animal protein, Mm -hmm. not impossible. We're not going to debate vegetarianism here because as a whole, I can do a whole podcast about that. Um, My attitude is eat as much of a variety of of food as you possibly can. That's my attitude Mm -hmm. about all all different sides of that and Mm -hmm. listen to your body. But let's talk a little bit about that, the protein Let's say somebody is thinking, well, I don't know, you know, I don't feel so well if I eat meat. Do you, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you're not a nutritionist, mm-hmm. so I have an answer to that. But, you know, I, I'm sure people have come up to you and been like, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, what are some of the right. things that you've heard, you know, that you, you're like, well, actually, blah, 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 so, blah, you know? <laughs> okay, so I, I, let me just say, I'm not anti-vegetarian or anti-vegan in any way. At the end of the day, I think that we all have to eat in a way that that works for us physically, mentally, spiritually. There are certain, you know, religions that don't eat meat. So I have nothing but respect for that, and I, I am not I am not stepping on that in any way. Having said that, I, I mean, I think the book is really aimed at the people, especially the women who like meat and who want to eat it, but who think they're not supposed to. You know, yeah. the women who say to you like oh, I really want a burger. Like as if it's some sort of thing that's, you know, that's bad or that's wrong when it isn't, especially if you, if you are wanting it. So just very, very briefly, the thing about protein. So what is protein, right? Protein is made up of amino acids. There are 20 of them. Nine of them are considered essential, which means that um, our body doesn't produce them. You have to eat them to get them. So not only do we need all nine, but we need all nine within balance. And that's mm-hmm. those amino acids are the building blocks of muscle. And mm-hmm. that's why they're so important. Protein does many other things in the body. But since we're talking about muscle, mm-hmm. you need all nine and you need them you know, in a good ratio. The reason why animal protein is superior is because all animal proteins have all nine and animal protein is highly bioavailable, which means mm. our bodies can utilize those amino acids efficiently. And they do it on fewer calories. And I'm not a calorie counter, but it just it's just a fact that yeah. you know, three ounces of beef will get you the same amount of protein as three cups of quinoa. And three cups of quinoa has like eight times the amount of calories and carbs as those three ounces of beef. Not to mention like who wants to eat three cups of quinoa. So, um, 
<laughs> so and and it doesn't have the all the uh, the right you know the essential amino acids. It doesn't have the need, right, right. It doesn't have the right rate. Well, I mean, quinoa is a complete protein technically, but it's not as bioavailable and it's not in the right ratio. So, so plant proteins tend to be for the most part are incomplete, which means that you have to balance them with other incomplete proteins to reach. The complete protein, which is why you see things like rice and beans together. Right. But right, even right. when you do that, even when you balance them perfectly, you still are taking on a lot more calories and carbs, and the protein is a lot less bioavailable. That doesn't mean you can't get enough on a vegetarian or vegan diet. It just means you have to work a lot harder and you have to be much more precise. So right. when I say center animal protein on your plate, I don't mean that you have to put away like a 12 ounce porterhouse at every meal. You know, I recognize, I mean, I can, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but I recognize not everybody wants to do that. And yeah. some people like red meat. Some people don't like it. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, some people feel better when they eat it or don't feel better when they eat it. Only, you know, the answer to that question. Yeah. What I would say is listen to what your body is telling you. If you like red meat and you feel good when you're eating it, but you think you're not supposed to eat it, you are, because that's your body right. telling you that you that it really works for you. If it doesn't work for you and something like chicken is better or something like fish is better, or if you're like me and a variety is better, like I want all the animal protein. I want the yeah. shellfish. I want the you know crustaceans. I want the bivalves. I want, I want lamb. I want game. I want organ meats. I want it all. Yeah. Maybe you're like that. We're all different. So I don't ever want you to feel like you have to force yourself to eat something that you don't want to eat. Mm. If you don't want to eat it, that's a message from your body that that food is not right for you for one reason or another, or you may want it today or not tomorrow. Luckily with animal protein, there's a huge variety. Yes. So the days that you feel like eating something lighter, you can eat something lighter. The days that you feel like, you know, having like a beef stew, you can have that. There's no end to, even within an animal, I mean, the right. variety, you know, the, there's a big difference between eating a chicken breast and eating like a skin on, you know, bone in thigh. Those yeah. feel really different. Right. So there's tons of, tons of choices. There's nothing to say that you can't mix and match animal and plant protein. You just have to know that if the goal is building muscle, which it should be for all of us, because as you pointed out, we're all getting older every day and the older we get, the more our muscle starts to break down. And actually, the more our bodies don't process the protein as efficiently. So you actually need more and more the older you get. Right. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But how much muscle you have and how efficiently your body builds muscle and maintains muscle, that is literally the difference between a good long life and, you know, things like slipping and falling and weakness and frailty. And none of us wants that in our old age. So yeah. it's, it's really important today because it'll make you feel good today to eat more protein. Right. Right. And it's a really important thing for your life overall so that you can have, you know, what, what we all want, which is, you know, wellness well into our older years. Yeah. And I'll say too, people may not be aware that there it's on a 24 hour cycle. So the protein that you take in today is going to affect your energy today and tomorrow. And you can't really like oh, I'm going to eat all my meat on Friday and then I'm not going to eat it for the rest of the week because (laughs) it does affect your 
basically your balance of proteins and amino acids in your body on a day-to-day basis. So I think mm-hmm. that's really important for people to understand. It's uh, funny because one time I had, this was years ago, I had a client who was like, I'm going to do this vegan thing. And it was crazy, but she wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it for like three days. No, well, I was supposed to try it for a week, but I lasted three mm-hmm. days <laughs> 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 because I was so tired. I was literally mm-hmm. so tired. So, but yeah. the other thing too, and we're going to wrap it up is it's really important for people to understand that if you have a hard time digesting, and I'm doing air quotes here, digesting protein, like meat in particular, right? Or beans, right? Any kind of food. Our bodies are exquisitely designed to handle anything we put in it. We are omnivores. We can eat anything. If you're having a hard time with meat, because it feels heavy, it's sitting in your stomach, and especially if you're old, older, like you said, we have less, uh, we produce less stomach acid. Our enzymes might not be as robust, and it might really be feeling sitting in there because you're not digesting it properly. There are things you can do. There are digestive aids that you mm-hmm. can take that that optimize this flow and this digestion, and 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 that can be like literally like a new world for somebody. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you know, you can eat certain things and, you know, your microbiome comes into play, you know, like with what you're talking about with beans and grains and stuff like it's very complex. But the point is that if you have issues with digestion, get professional help, get professional help, because there are a lot of things that you can do in most cases to improve the situation, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe it is like you said, what happened with you is, you know, you, you, you adopted a different diet. You were like, oh. I didn't even know that like I could do that, but now I can do this and I feel better. So sometimes it is eliminating certain foods that you have to, right? But other times it's like you can take digestive enzymes and like it's wonderful, you know? So I just wanted to throw that out there for people for your knowledge and information. Yeah, absolutely. And go to a functional medicine doctor. Don't go to a standard. Yeah. Or you could go to a nutritionist. Your gastroenterologist is not going to be able to help you. I mean, unless you have, you know, go get the medical stuff checked out, of course. But Mm -hmm. like, if they're like, well, we don't know what's going on. See a functional medicine professional uh, doctor. And and I have a whole network of nutritionists, by the way, Beth, Mm -hmm. you know, I network with like across the country because I found people would come to me. They have Crohn's disease. That's not my specialty. But Mm -hmm. I know someone who specializes in that. Or Mm -hmm. someone has, you know, breast cancer, not my specialty. So I found it really important as a professional to get to know other new, I know this woman who specializes in highly complex autoimmune conditions. That's Mm -hmm. all she does. So if someone comes to me and they're like, I have this autoimmune that no one's ever heard of. I'm like, okay, see Stephanie, you know? So um, (laughs) it's, it's wonderful to have that network. And there are there, you know, sometimes you need a a functional medicine doctor. Sometimes you find with a nutritionist, but the point is there's, there's a lot of help out there. There are, there are people like Emily Fletcher who can help you with your meditation, you know, so Mm -hmm. reach out to us and definitely check out Beth's book. There's a bunch of recipes in there. It sounds like, right? The 125 recipes. Okay. Yeah. I I definitely want to check it out. I'm always looking for more uh, fun things to eat. (laughs) And and I'm like you, I like a lot of variety. There's a ton of variety in the book. I mean, every, every kind of animal protein you could want. And then, like I said, there's, there's vegetables and there's treats and cocktails and all kinds of things. There's things for like every occasional, there's like a, you know, there's like a really dressed up beef roast, but then there's also like 
you know, things to make on a Tuesday night that are inexpensive and quick. Um, So whatever, any kind of, um, there's kid, you know, stuff that's like fun for kids, all kinds of things. Um, We really tried to make it user-friendly. We wanted to be on your kitchen counter with, you know, notes in the margin and stuff splashed on it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Beth. I I love the way you think. And, you know, I, I'm so glad that you to have met you and, you know, have you as, as a resource and in, in my life as a nutritionist, like recipes is like, you know, (laughs) people are always (laughs) asking us for recipes. So, um, we'll definitely recommend the book as, as needed. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Sure. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Beth Lipton. And as I mentioned in the beginning, and also just we talked about, Beth is a food and wellness writer and a recipe developer, and we talked about her book, Carnivore-ish, that she co-wrote with The Muscle Maven. Those links will be in the show notes. You can check her out on her Instagram page, and and we'll give a link to the book as well. So thank you so much for Beth uh, for bringing light to a lot of really important things that we talked about today. Energy being very, very important. You know, it's really the currency of the body. That's the thing. It's the currency of the body. And and our brains are always assessing our energy levels, right? So what can we do to enhance our energy? Well, first of all, we can eat sufficient protein, right? We can work out. We can be active. We can eat a healthy diet overall and not eat too much sugar or drink too much alcohol. Like there's a ton of stuff. And we all kind of know that, right? But I think it's also really important to think about why we want to have energy. It's not just about like having the energy to work out. It's about having capacity. If you are low on energy, then you actually will have less capacity, right? Like, so once you start doing a little exercise or you get a little bit stressed, now your energy reserves are tapped. And so now you don't have as much patience with a difficult person or a child or something like that, right? So by expanding and increasing your energy, you're expanding your capacity to do things, to have mental clarity, to be in a good mood, to cope with stress, to create things. This is so important. So if you are struggling with energy, definitely come and hang out with us because we have so many different strategies around enhancing energy and you know, all of the all of the aspects of your health that are necessary for energy. So check out our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. We have lots and lots of blog posts there. Some about fitness, which I think is also very much uh, correlates with energy. Of course, a ton about nutrition <laughs> and stress management and sleep. I mean, sleep is huge, right? You can also check out our online community, which is on the platform called Mighty Networks, which is a women-owned, women-run operation. Well, I love to support them. And on our platform, we have community. So you can engage with other people who are similarly involved in losing weight, just being healthy in general, right? Because really weight loss is a byproduct of improved health. That's the way I think of it. You know, no matter what your goals are, just to have more energy, to be a high performer, to just feel better, whatever it is, come and hang out with us over there because it is based in love. Our approach is based in love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness to ourselves and gradual steady change. Thanks for listening.